All right. All right, Bob. How are you? I'm still recovering from my cold, but not bad. You were a little under the weather, I, I, I gather, know. right? Yeah, we I flew to Denver with the kids. We went to Boulder, did a bunch of hiking, and turns out that my oldest and his girlfriend traveled with us with cold, and they gave it to me. So I flew home with a cold. I hope you feel better, Bob. Oh, thanks, Showbot. <laughs> <laughs> His timing is terrible, but at least his heart was in the right place. He's learning. You know, I remember when we first started, our timing probably wasn't that great either. Podcasting is hard. That's true. It is. All right. So, (laughs) oh man, hopefully he's not too chatty today. Does Showbot Uh, have any new toys, new skills? I mean, um, what we got going on here? He does. He he can now, uh, or she, or it. Oh, I got to be careful with the pronoun. Please will come get me. Um, So. He or it, <laughs> Showbot. Let's just go. Showbot. Showbot can uh, read from a file. So let's say you had the Gettysburg Address queued up. He, he or she or it. Dang it! This is gonna suck. Showbot can. Showbot can read from a file, so you can kind of like pre-stage some stuff. Um, there's also the ability to have like a soundboard now, so you can have ready-made catchphrases things of that nature so um he would or she show would be able to say uh a few catchphrases that that you and i utter bring the lightning and um you know what else would we say Um, did showbot get an upgrade in his vocals because that sounded a little bit more inflection and i remember no when showbot closed out the show a couple weeks ago it was kind of lame showbot no it's the same voice but he your showbot is learning that Data is the new oil. I mean, there's there's a lot of <laughs> great things. I feel about like Showbot, Showbot is mocking me. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, it, it could be Showbot here. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Okay. Yep, anyway, <laughs> there you go. I think I earned that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Showbot's learning more. I don't know how far we're gonna take it. Um, and just to ambush you, you and I listened to uh, Joe Rogan today, and uh, I, I totally forget the person's name, and I, I feel like I should know the name. Maybe you can Google it real quick for us, or if you well, know it. Fucking Showbot's supposed to do that. What the hell? Oh, my gosh. Showbot, you suck. Um, so, Just kidding, Showbot. Don't kill us. Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's going to have an attitude before long. This is going to turn out like that Twitter bot experiment where that the Twitter bot just went totally awry. Wasn't well, there some famous artificial intelligence that was tweeting and became like racist in three hours yeah, or something like I, that? I think I think that's the natural evolution because if you just study a bit of human tweets, that's basically what Twitter devolves to. Um, so where was I going with this? So we were listening to JRE, had some really good insights on artificial intelligence and whatnot. Um, did... It kind of gave me a little bit of confirmation bias based on our great AI debate from a few weeks ago where we were talking about sentience and AI and things like that. Um, was there anything uh, in that episode that you thought was worth mentioning, Bob? Any any fake news that you're like, no, that's not true? Or Well, no, I just, you know, he obviously took a, I think the guest name was Naval Ravikant, Ravikant. Um, yep. his, he just took a path, I think, that was probably more 
aligned with your thoughts on AI. And, you know, Joe kept trying to get him to, you know, well, what about, what about Go? There's some creativity involved there. And he, he said it initially gave him pause, but really he still thinks of it as mostly just, um, uh, what did you call it? Narrow AI or something like that? Or, yeah, basically he echoed a little bit of what I was saying. It's we're we're so far away from sci-fi AI. I I think, and I would think he thinks this. And the idea that the robots are going to take over the world are is really far far away. But did you right notice now. how he kind of like he kind of branded himself away? Like he talked about how Joe had had other much are other intelligent people. He didn't say much more intelligent. He said other very intelligent guests on the show. And he was referring to like the Elon Musk's of the world and that other guy that we talk about a lot. And I can't think of what his name is. Um, and uh, Friedman or Friedman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lex uh, Lex. Um, so he kind of branded himself opposite of them right away by saying he wasn't going to, he didn't necessarily fall into their camp and probably more so Elon's camp because Elon's pretty like doom and gloom about the AI thing that it all could, you know, happen tomorrow and we need to keep our eye on the ball. But I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's just part of him selling his brand to be contrary to that? Or do you think he honestly is like down? Well, with that? I don't know. It's, it's good to be contrary. I think we have a lot of phases we're going to go through before we get to robots taking over the world. I think we're going to go through, automated death robots, uh, basically pimped out um, drones that the military will use that can go on Seek and Destroy because it's little known. F- well, I don't know if it's a little known fact. <laughs> Those drones are, are human piloted right now. Yes. So the the next incarnation would be automatically piloted. They just rove around. Well, I think that they do I mean, you would probably know more about this than I do, but there is, I mean, much like our commercial and other aircraft have self-guided, not they're not necessarily autonomous, but they're following a predetermined path. I imagine that the human intervention only has to happen for the targeting at this point. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think that's the, the fail-safe right now. But, you know, uh, I don't want to call out a particular country, but the ones that aren't very nice might just decide that yeah you know what let's just let's just go ahead and take out the we don't need humans anymore we've we've got facial recognition and um we've got you know here's your high high value target go take it out at whatever cost and it just leaves you know it's kind of like rambo it just kind of in the background it just leaves and then you know you see it on the news so i think that's like the kind of the dark more likely future than you know, citizenship for robots and robot rights and, and things hey, like that. Hey, that stuff's already happening. You got to follow Sophia. Uh, yeah, I know. But I, I look at that more as a, like a PR stunt than anything. There's Yeah, there's I know you do. There. And I, I'm still trying to figure out where I sit on that fence, but I guess I'm squarely on the middle of it. Uh, because that account, the Sophia account has been starting to fire up again and talking more about their learning journey. So I just don't know. Uh, it's so hard to tell if it's bullshit or not. 
All right, Bob, thank you for the opportunity to segue. So I've got really? another... Bullshit or not is the segue? Is that what it is? <laughs> we're, we're, we're mid-segue, so we're going Our with it. Our new segment, Bullshit or so, Not. So um, are you familiar with who Troy Hunt is? I am familiar with Troy Hunt and his I've Been Pwned and, and real Troy estate Hunt, property. Or uh, Showbot, can you remind us again who he is? Troy Hunt is a security researcher and advocate. Okay, yes, that's correct. So Troy is from down under, somewhere in Oceana. I believe he, his day job is Microsoft uh, program manager. Uh, but he is probably more famous for being the, the person who kind of, you know, talks about security breaches. And he's also the owner, as you say, of Have I Been Pwned, which was started in 2013. And um, the the news of the day yesterday was apparently Have I Been Pwned is for sale. You know, it's wildly popular, right? It's a good way to kind of figure out, well, what's been exposed and, you well, know, Well, it's also like a service that other people are using. So he makes the data stream available to third-party apps so that when you put credentials in, it can ping against to see if it's already been pwned. Correct. Right. So, yeah. so there's a lot of benevolent uh, intent here for the service. It's it's to advocate people using strong passwords um, to give awareness around. Hey, the LinkedIn breach that happened in whatever year it was, your stuff was in that. And you know, I I can see a lot of uh, benevolence there. Uh, kind of a weird thing you start now seeing like Experian, I think, or at least one of the credit bureaus in Discover Card, I believe, they scan the dark web, air quotes. And I don't know <laughs> if they're 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 tapping into this service or any other service or if they have their own service or what have you. But Well, I think uh, it's an openly available API call, right? You don't even have to like register with him, do you? Um, in order to get your information, I believe you've got to, and it's been a while, I believe you've got to put your email in there. It can send you a link and then it's like, okay, yeah, I know, you know. Right, as an individual, but I think to ah, to yes. use the service, I think it is an, but I don't know. I, I could yeah. be full of shit. That all aside, um, I, I'm going to play Let's Trap Bob for the nth time uh, of our Damn it, existence. we're only 10 minutes in. I'm awfully <laughs> sweary today, too. I apologize to people. All right, Bob. So we're going to contrive a story here and uh, ask you some questions at the end. Bob, you discover a bunch of MP3s on the dark web. You create a service to allow music publishers to see if a particular song has been stolen. The service has only a few users since most of them, most of the music that is, is controlled by only a few companies. And the, the, the service gets popular. So Sony uh, gets to check your database. Hey, has this one song been uh, compromised? You know, did it appear on Napster? Is it on, on any of these torrent sites? And you get a yes or a no. Well, eventually, you sell this service to somebody because it just becomes untenable. It's just, uh, you know, I can't afford the Azure or I can't afford whatever service you host it on. And you decide to include all of the stolen MP3s that go with it, right? So not only do you get the service, you get the MP3s. Now, would you agree that that's probably not legal just because those MP3s are copyrighted? You can't just say, well, I found these MP3s on the dark web and then I get salvage rights, right? Would you agree with that? I guess I can 
get behind that, but why would I have to be in possession of the MP3s? Could I not just scan the dark web and know that that MP3, validate that that MP3 actually exists in a location that it's not authorized to be in? Great question, Bob. That takes me to my next point. You are following right along Damn in my it, trap. Damn it, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so what if it were just the song title and artist? So would you agree that if we just had metadata about the song title and artist, whether or not it was on the dark web, you can then sell your service? Because the demo of a song and an artist is not necessarily competing in any way against those copyrights or intellectual properties. Would you agree with that? I'd be pretty solid with that because it's just really a collection of text characters. There's okay. no personal identifiable information that links anything with a song title and artist name. Right, and we typically call that metadata. But sure. what if the product were the metadata, meaning um, like medical information, financial information? That is the the product. So we have laws, at least well, here in the United States. but that's the nature of the the breach itself, though, and that's not what Troy has. That's fair. You're getting ahead. You must play along in my trap, Bob. Damn it, okay. <laughs> that's the rules. <laughs> the rules I just made up. Okay, so um, so we have HIPAA, and we have FERPA, and we have uh, all these uh, different laws that kind of protect certain uh, information. So let's say... Well, I guess we don't know what information Troy is holding. So we do know a few things, which is your email address that's in there and some sort of password hash. Now, he may disconnect the password hash from the actual email. So he doesn't know that, Bob, this was your password hash. He may just say this was a hash that was used. I won't associate it with Bob because one of the services on Have I Been Pwned is, is has this password ever been compromised? Or what's the frequency of people are using password 123? Because here's a here's the hash for password 123. You know, you can talk about salts and rainbow tables, but just trying to keep it simple here. So somewhere in the bowels of Have I Been Pwned, we have the email addresses of all of the people who have been breached, and we have probably password hashes somewhere, and we may have more or less information. Would you agree with me? We aren't really sure what information's in this database archive. <laughs> well, yes, I 100% can agree that we are not 100% sure what's in these archives. But, and, but. but <laughs> and if I found Bob's medical information on the dark web, you would agree that if I collected it up, put it in a database, I couldn't sell that information, right? That's there's some ethical. Well, issues no, with it's, that. I don't think it's even ethical. Legally, you can't sell it. That's part right. of the reason why these breaches are, you know, important because of the sensitivity of the information and what can be done with them. It's not just the right. fact that there's an information leak; it's the type of information, and actually, the fact that it's information that doesn't belong to the holder of the information. That's where the legality comes into play. Right. So because it's on the dark web and I happened along it, I didn't steal it, but I found a copy of it doesn't give me ownership rights. There's no such thing as salvage rights for Correct. data, right? Okay. Same with MP3s and uh, game emulator or ROMs for the emulators. You know, if you find that stuff out there, um, you're not supposed to. Yeah, there's no finders keepers rules anywhere. If you find right. $10 in the parking lot, ethically, you should try to return that money to its owner. Right. So let's take it back to have I been home. Since we don't know what information's in there, it could be totally harmless. But we do know that email addresses are in there. 
and we don't know if Bob, your name's in there. You know, who knows what's in there or my name's in there. But your email address is definitely in there if you can validate it. Would you say that, and he's got like 8 billion records in there. Does 8 billion email records acquired from the dark web from data breaches, uh, where I'm driving with this is information found in data breaches, including the email address, would be considered stolen property. Don't, don't you agree? Yes. If you could steal an email address, can you steal an email address? Because an email ex- address exists whether you see it or not. Yeah, so by by like its very definition, an email address is meant to be your public handle, right? Correct. In a way. So that's, this is where we get into the, the gray area. So I signed up for, say, LinkedIn. LinkedIn mishandled my information and divulged it, you know, through a data breach, bad actor. And now some the white knight has picked it up and put it in their database. I never wanted my email address to be public, Maybe I have a burner account. Maybe I have that really cool Hotmail one that I, I want to keep private, etc. But now that the white knight has it, is there any weirdness with that white knight picking up all of this data and then trying to sell it? Well, I think we're I think your your logical argument's making a lot of really big leaps right there at the end. So okay. leap number one. Is the data even part of the sale? Um, you know, he might, and we, God, we'd have to have him on the show. I would love to have him on the show to talk to him about this. I've <laughs> never had him respond to anything I've ever put out there. I know you have had him respond to things you've put out there. Maybe you should try to get him on the show. Um, I, I can ask, but you know, I, you know, my my questions are pointy and not trying to be mean. I I I, re- I have high regard for Troy. I just want to put that out there, disclaim all this. I'm just asking ethical questions because that's what we do on the Bob and Kevin show. Well, this is a total aside, though. I think if you present him our conversation and you know let him listen to a couple episodes, he might actually agree to be on the show. I don't know. I don't know how you get to him though. Um, or he might hack my account because he's probably got cool hacking tools. See, okay, so that's another big old leap. I think he just <laughs> I think he saw a service opportunity and I think this is kind of big to the whole conversation that he's having with himself and with the community about the sale of the the entity. He he found a service opportunity to aggregate this the the breach data, not the data contained in the breach. Because I think one of the elements that's important to this whole like finding these pieces on the dark web and collecting them, nobody wants to, except for the bad guys, nobody wants to have several pieces of information that can be connected to the same person all in one place. I don't care who the entity is. They try to minimize that as much as possible. So you have all these different breaches occurring all over the place. The ultimate bad guys are going to try to piece those pieces together to create the best high resolution avatar of an actual person, you know, from the collection of all those breaches. There's no way that Troy is going to have the actual data associated with these breaches in that database. I think if I remember correctly, when I've looked at things like this and from his agency or his service and other reporting agencies, they will say that this email was found in a breach. And here are the other pieces, the identification pieces of information. 
um, your first, first name, not your actual first name. Like it wouldn't say Bob was in there. It would say other pieces in the breach identified were first name, last name, telephone number, or first name, last name, social security number, first name, last name, and then medical information. It's as broad as that. So they don't actually so, identify what the information was in the breach because that would just be duplicating a bad thing again. So I'm, you're 100% right. <laughs> Finding all the things and putting them in a spot creates a secondary vulnerability. I often thought, what would happen if Have I Been Pwned gets hacked? You know, do you self-report? <laughs> How does that work? It's like an infinite recursion of number of records that go into your database. Um, so no, I, I've been curious about that. Um, but if it but if it did get breached, it's data that's already been acknowledged as already being out there. So, so the, if it's it's when he when he puts it in his database, it doesn't like suck it all in from the universe and be like, oh, this data is now safe. <laughs> so what's that show about? But the data is already exposed. Right, right. Exactly. So so he agrees with you or it's Showbot. Oh my Showbot God. agrees. Showbot, Showbot agrees. agrees with you, Bob. Um, and I've, I've heard that argument a lot. And yes and no. If you can go find it, it's there. But but again, if I have if I get pictures of Bob and put them on the internet. Or, or, yeah, I get special pictures of Bob because his phone got hacked and I found them on the dark web. And I do this for celebrities. I do this for everybody. And I put it in a, in a photo archive. Can I sell this photo archive, Bob? No, you can't sell that photo archive. Okay. Because so you don't own those images. Right. So it comes down to... You don't to, own the rights to those images. Correct. So it gets a little weird because we don't know, again, what's in that database. And let's assume for uh, that it's, it's benign information. Your email address is the worst thing that's in there. Would, next question, would you mind if Facebook was the one who acquired this database? Okay, so that's a whole nother, that, uh, yeah. So now we're going to get into the conversation of how does he ethically pick the person he's going to sell his service to? Um, and it, and yeah. back, that's back to one of the things that I said a couple of minutes ago. You don't want somebody like that to get hold of it because they have a bunch of other pieces that they can put together, although we give them everything there. So um, it would be interesting. I think that the big negative downside of somebody like a Facebook controlling a service like that is that they could compel themselves not to report if something happened to them because they were controlling the message. Ooh, that's a good point, but I hadn't even considered that. So what would, hmm. So if the I data, am, the data, they probably already have most of that anyway, because if my password was compromised to log into, you know, uh, MySpace, then I, there's a pretty good chance that the same password was used for Facebook and they already have that. <laughs> that's true. So one thing that the, eventual buyer of this database will have access to that Joe John Q public does not. So John Q public can go, what's, what's information do you have on me? And I'll validate through my email. And then the other thing is uh, there's an open API. But says, it, tell but me to say what kind of information they have. It won't actually show you the information that's actually, so you have to take it at face that when it says medical information, you have to infer what medical information that was. It could be yeah. from your dentist. It's not going to say dental information. It's just still medical information. No, but here's what is divulged. So I'm going to use you as an example. Bob, you're on LinkedIn. You're on Facebook. You're on these 12 websites that are compromised. 
this information was actually not available until let's say Facebook bought this information. Now they can see on what users are on what websites based on what was breached. Well, and Bef- yeah, so that email address could be your Ashley Madison account that was hacked too. Correct. And now Facebook knows that you have an Ashley Madison. Nobody else, unless they're on the dark web, so we can always preface this with, yes, you could go get your own copy on the dark web and then you'd know, but... The point is, is there's 8 billion records in Have I Been Pwned, and whoever buys this now has a mapping of what websites you've right. been on, Bob. That's part of that resolution, high-resolution avatar they would build. Correct. And, all right, let's say Facebook... So, yeah, I think I'm pretty much in agreement, though. We don't want Facebook having that data. We don't, right. want, we don't want Facebook owning... We don't want... Oh, God. Can that, you hear us, Troy? <laughs> we don't want Google even having it, but I bet you they would be a realistic buyer. Yeah, I mean, who do you trust? And even if you sell it to non-big tech, here's your next concern. Bob, you're going to buy it. Yay, here's my whatever dollar check. And then you decide you have hard times in the future, hard times that you didn't foresee. And guess what? Facebook is now standing at your door. Troy no longer gets to decide. He wrote a blog post about this, right? Yes, he did, about staying involved and things like that. So I hope to God he is able to retain some sort of authority on such a thing, right? Yeah, and I just want to see how long... Fuck Zuck. Oh, what was that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, Shabbat. he's getting mouthy. <laughs> Shabbat's getting mouthy. <laughs> I just want to um, find out if he says anything about like what actually goes in the transaction. I don't know if it was that. I think he was had more ide- ideals and goals of of things that, you know, he was hoping to look for in a potential buyer. The thing is, is once you lose custody of these records, they're gone. So I'm not sure I trust anyone other than Troy at this point, no matter their good intentions or not. Yeah, that's, um, hmm. And he's not spending tons of money. You know what we should do? We should see if uh, Troy will come on the show. I think that's just what we're gonna have to do. I think we're gonna have to try because I want to. I want to know, and I think I, I'm guaranteeing everybody wants to get him on to talk about what he wants to do. But I do too. All right. Um, I think we should um, possibly pivot off this topic and move on to the meat and potatoes of the show, even though we're 26 <laughs> minutes into this one. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gieszewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Kevin, what are we talking about today? Well, um, actually, rather than um, tell you what I'm going to talk about, I think I'm going to prime the discussion with a little uh, audio first. Do you want to hear? Roll it. Some say the moon. Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? 
We choose to go to the moon. (laughs) We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. All right, Bob, I'm going to cut Mr. uh, Mr. Kidd. The president off there. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about hypotheticals slash what ifs when it comes to space tech, the moon, privacy. What happens if you stick a server on the moon? Are you circumventing laws? Will Facebook want to do that sort of thing? Are you kidding me? That's what I want to talk about, Bob. I'm Kevin and you are? (laughs) I'm Bob and I'm going to be really confused for the next several minutes, I imagine. All right. Yeah. So... Where do you want to start? Um, you know, I started drawing the episode artwork a couple, a couple weeks, weeks ago, ago we just, because we took a little break. Yeah. And so one of the things that I put on there was, was you know, the moon is the, the next frontier, right? So we're, we're very familiar with American history where we basically moved no, west. The moon took is a bunch not of land. the next frontier. The Mars it, is the Mars. I'm sure he calls it that, too. Uh, Mars is the next <laughs> new frontier. Well, apparently the moon isn't good enough anymore for the the orange one, but although um, the moon for, and Mars are the same, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really confused. Maybe it's just poor grammar and tweet. Um, but yeah, so I have we can all include the best words. We can include Mars in this too because um, there's a lot of like logistical issues and there's a lot of. Uh, philosophical, ethical things I think we want to talk about. So let's pick the moon because it's closer. All right. So, Bob, if Facebook were suddenly to be pinched in some sort of lawsuit and jurisdiction, GDPR, and they decided, you know what? Screw you guys. We've got all your money already. We're going to build a server farm on the freaking moon. And by the way, it's going to be super cooled there because it's like 200 degrees below zero there and we don't have to oh, worry about servers overheating cool. not <laughs> like not like trendy <laughs> uh well it would be kind of cool too not gonna lie so there's now a server farm on the moon bob does that shield facebook from any sort of laws or jurisdictional issues so on Earth? let's take a half step back here first so we're making an assumption that when entities are able to get themselves to the moon and back beyond like NASA and SpaceX. Although I don't think either of those two have any interest in the moon really. Um, So we're assuming that once entities can get themselves to the moon, that it's going to be treated much like the wild, wild west. Or do you think that we've learned from the wild, wild west and transportation to and from the big rock will already have an establishment of authority of some sort. Uh, If I had to make a prediction, I think it's the next frontier. It's going to be the Wild West. China has already got stuff in orbit up there. They landed a rover on the far side of the moon. And, uh, you know, United States hasn't stepped foot there in 50 years this year. Some Uh, say we never did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, but what what I'm trying to say... We're is, like it's a hoax. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you could launch a rocket right now and drop some sort of solar... Well, I don't know if solar power would, would run a server at this point. You could run some sort of 
or drop some sort of server up on the moon right now, human free, right? And then just have it beam satellite to uh, where Mountain View. No, not where is where's Facebook? So Menlo Park everywhere. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> the, the survey says. So yes, yeah, so um, you know, if they were able to do that and they put all of our data on the moon. And they said, you know what? We've got it. Take it from us. Go ahead and try. Would that change anything? Well, first of all, I think that it's probably not even a giant stretch of imagination that if it is indeed the wild, wild west, that he would consider it. I don't know. God, it's they suck so bad. Um, what could Facebook claim territory, claim the moon? Because they have, let's say they acquire rockets and they claim they're like, you know, screw you, China, screw you, United States, screw you, Russia. That's Facebook. In fact, we, we renamed it. It is now the Zuck or whatever they want to call well, it. Well, I would take it even a little bit farther and say, why couldn't, you know, um, Zuckerberg, Bezos and Musk all get together and pool cash and literally probably take over a large portion of that and make it like Silicon Valley way out west. I have a feeling if they if that became like a hostile situation to governments, we would freeze their assets because I guess wealth here it only matters if it's on Earth. Yeah, I you guess can you can't it. spend it on the moon if you don't have it here. That's true. Though I do believe they have a Starbucks on the moon. I, I'd have to check my sources or even a McDonald's. But, um, okay. So getting to the moon. How um, could you even kind of, freeze their assets, though? They've, their money's not all here. Well, now that you bring that up, see, did you see Facebook is now looking to offer their employees Facebook crypto instead of a normal salary? Oh, shit. You knew that was coming. And Facebook, what private crypto? I no, I, I believe they're looking for partners to to host the blockchain. There, you know, because really, it's only a blockchain if you have kind of others hosting it. Uh, but um, you know, Facebook when, <laughs> you know, n- not that I'm suggesting Facebook would do this, but you know, one day they could try to capture uh, the crypto market and become you know, the, the financial institution, your social institution, your everything. I almost see Apple doing that before Facebook. Not going to lie. Well, they did. Uh, Apple They're in the did, credit game now. They did the credit game, and now you can sign in with Apple, well, at least eventually, according to the last WWDC, right? Yeah, and I think your reaction was shocking to me on that. <laughs> which, which can, can you remind me what my reaction was? I feel like you... Th- thought it was okay um like you were oh. like oh good an alternative or something along those lines and i was like wait what I, no I, well to clarify i my uh my coworker and i were talking about this and we were talking about the burner uh emails i think more than anything I, right I really don't like the whole idea of having uh, Apple or Facebook or Google be the sign in with so-and-so because it kind of does this, you know, we, we, it gives power where it shouldn't. Um, so 
It's no, just I'm, a I, giant race to the pink screen background on everything, like in No Staff. I hate that I keep bringing this up, but it's the most terrifying episode of the all of them to me. Uh, have you have you watched? No, the new I got to watch new Black season Mary. still. Damn it! I got started on the first episode. I haven't made it all the way through yet. Still but, downloading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so back back to space. Back um, to outer space. So we now have rockets that are reusable. In fact, uh, SpaceX landed a Falcon 9 booster today, I believe, successfully. Um, they just they landed all three of them about a month ago, didn't they? Like all three they, landed? On, on a heavy, but today it was just a Falcon 9, which ah, is a single you. booster. Um, so what kind of technology do you think would exist on a moon colony that you know is kind of maybe present today or maybe is not yet? Like does social media change from the moon it, or is it just like pictures of the earth like the earth rise as they say no i i think that would be a critical part with the moon colonization having to be so small that they would be connected to i mean earth social media would still be a massive thing for them i mean they probably wouldn't have so much like moon social media but they would be definitely connected to what's yeah, going on and- here at the mothership I mean, you'd be like, hey, another day of picking up rocks and dust, guys uh, or gals. What's going on with you back on Earth? Well, that would be interesting because the first people to get there, I mean, it's funny because the moon's not that far away, so they could really bring a lot of people up there pretty quickly. But a lot of them would be very focused on work. I think one of the big challenges is gravity. There's only one-sixth the gravity on the moon that there is on earth. And there's, I believe health consequences when you're in low gravity like that. Right. But I think one of the first things that they would focus on is once they create like, um, larger sustainability regions, like bigger rooms or, you know, uh, a, a living complex barracks, if you will, um, they would work on the gravity challenges for sure. So here on planet Earth, which uh, you and I are very familiar with, we have <laughs> nuclear waste that comes out of uh, different areas and we stick them in places like in Nevada and I'm not sure where other countries stick them. Do you think the moon becomes a landfill in some sorts? Is it big enough? Like, would it even <laughs> be worth it? Um, I, that's a good question. You know, if you can if you can put it on the moon, why not just shoot it into the sun, right? Right. You know, yeah, they, I mean, well, it. that's kind of a much farther journey, but still, it I think is. it'd probably be worthwhile, more worthwhile to put it on space barges and just put it in a destination, point it at a destination. Pointed at like uh, actually, that could Al- be a mission for Musk instead of doing like Falcon Heavy, just fucking fill it with garbage. <laughs> Oh, you all right? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Something Houston, on my we desk. have a problem. <laughs> Space barge just crashed into my desk. <laughs> all right. Um, so, all right. Uh, so now that we've pretty much screwed up this planet, um, you know, Mars looks pretty tasty, even though that's got the same problems there. I believe it's got one third the gravity of the Earth, um, and it's got pressure issues because if you have less than one atmosphere of pressure what happens to your blood or uh, yeah what happens to your blood bob when you have low pressure i think it gets air in it doesn't it it boils yeah that's what because the it boiling boils. temperature of <laughs> your blood it becomes super low and it well boils um so okay so we have what kind of sh- 
entertainment would you need? Because the mind's very important. So if, it, it takes <laughs> like totally five... You're reading off notes, aren't you? Damn it. <laughs> I, I'm not. You can't see me, but I'm not. I'm just totally... But, you're like, let me think. Uh, what else would we need? We need entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need some Netflix. So, I mean, it's, okay. Well, I'm so pretty you, sure internet's going to have to be pretty important up there. Yeah, but imagine, I mean, it's a half second delay for just a satellite here on Earth. And it's like something like at 30 minutes to an hour latency. You were worried about latency playing a first person shooting video game. Try playing it from Mars, right? Well, they'd have to have some local storage for that. But as far as like entertainment goes, like if you're talking just like media entertainment, once the first initial lag goes, they're not going to be watching live television. That's for sure. So, so they're going to have a local porn hub is what you're telling me on Mars. Well, but once again, once the initial 30 second lag, I mean, no, it's not 30 seconds, 30, 30 minutes, 30 minute. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that <laughs> once, they would have, you get started. I'm sure they'd have buffering localized buffering i don't, I don't know God. except it'll say buffering due to solar flare you know or well or yeah that, i mean that could be super challenging because that there's not really stability or there's you know nothing that would create buffering stability for them so i don't i mean those are these are really good points that honestly i hadn't thought a little a whole lot about so it takes you'd read a lot from- <laughs> <laughs> yes. It takes anywhere from six months to five years to send things to Mars. And the reason there's such a disparity is because depending on when, you know, if Earth and Mars are close by, that's one thing. But if Earth and Mars are opposition, meaning the sun is in between the two of you, it takes a long time to send supplies, rescue missions, and streaming Netflix. Um, in fact, if the sun's between you and Mars, ain't, ain't no radio signals from Houston or um, YouTube are coming to you. So my guess would be is they would probably also one of the technologies that they'd be investigating is to create some kind of communication network between here and there that would allow for the relay of signals to bend around things. Okay, but that'll just take care of if the sun's between you, but that won't speed it up because a radio signal already goes the speed of light or near the speed right. of light. It's just going to create stability is what I'm kind of thinking is, you know. Right. So you can you can look around the sun, for instance, rather than... I think the biggest challenge that we have for anything like that is um, the duration and sustainability of space travel in general because there will have to be like depot stations established between point a and point b and those will have to be filled with personnel to operate them so what do we at space station what what people in space station where they stay up there a couple months still um yeah three months three months like the record no well i think it's more like a year i think one of the twins when the kelly or whatever the last name the the nasa twins one of them stayed up for a long time and and their dna was altered and yeah, uh, I, I believe that was debunked. Russian cosmonaut, 438 consecutive days. There you go. That was 1994 to 95. What? Science. So, uh, Bob, the question is, is, well, let's, let's start near and, and go far. Would you, would you spend some time in the International Space Station? Well, when you say time, <laughs> how long are you talking <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's start with, would you go to the space station at all? I think yes. Okay. Would you stay for six months? Oof. That'd be a tough first go. 
Okay. I mean, well, obviously you would train for it, but. How about a year? Would you, would you do a year? Uh, right out of the box? No. Okay. Uh, the moon. We we can send you to the moon, Bob. Takes about three days to get there. You want to go to the moon? Just would you go? Yes. And would I would you mind go expecting for, to work even. And because it takes so much effort to get people there and back, do you mind staying for six months? Yes, I'd be fine. Oh, okay. Assuming they're going to have Netflix and uh, your favorite Rice Krispies or whatever. I don't even think I would need into. any of that. I would just need a, you know, obviously you couldn't just go up there and be like, all right, here's your hotel room. Figure out what you're going to do. No, I'd have to have a purpose. <laughs> okay. What, what, would, what have, would you go to the moon for? They'd have to have a killer gym, too. What kind of research would you like to conduct on the moon? Oh, I think um, probably along the psychological lines, like psychological and physiological, you know, be part of an exercise study, be part of an evaluation of like how downtime is dealt with um, extensive journaling things. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they picked my brain constantly. So you're hoping there's a float tank when you get there is what you're saying. Well, I think the the moon is a float tank. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's fair. Uh, what's the one thing that a uh, personal item that they're going to allow you to take? What goes in the bag? What is it? Oh, that's really weird because I don't really have things like that. Um, I mean, I'd hope that I have access to technology. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't, my pillow? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair that, enough. They would never right, let me take my pillow. All right, Bob, the uh, the orange man in chief pulls a rabbit out of his hat and we can suddenly go to Mars. Are you game? Are you going to get on that boat? No, nah, it's a one-way trip right now. So, I'm not I'm not down for a one-way. Okay. So so your limit is the moon and yeah, Dude, I'm almost Mars 50 is... years old. I can't What what is that trip? That's a 7 year? Uh it's it's probably at least I mean Whatever the time it takes to get there, you have to also justify you, you got to stay there because we're not just moving people back and forth, right? So well, no, you got to stay especially there. The, oh, it's seven months. Sorry. It, it depends. Uh, the, the trip depends on where the Earth right, and right. Mars. Where the orbits line up, yeah. Um, right, exactly. But yeah, but I mean, everything they're talking about now, it, it's a one-way trip, though. They're not bringing anybody back. They don't have the technology yet. Right. Okay. So you're not you're not down for that. Okay. No, that seven month trip would suck. I I think I'm with you. International Space Station, that's a go. Um, the Moon, that's a go. Mars, no, thank you. Um, that is a death trip right now, right? Right. What if? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I didn't even think about the fact they'd have to guarantee we could get there. Um, yeah, you could totally die on the way. Um, but if you, let's say that they're past that. Let's say that they've got the travel down. It's totally a seven-month trip, and the the vehicle you take to get there is it. You'd be like on a cruise ship. Say it was like you're on a cruise ship for seven months. Um, mm. Space tourism. Yeah, and they could get you back, but you can't. Like the minimum stay is a year. Would you do it? Um. It, so I liken a lot of this to military. So I've been on a lot of military deployments where you got to be gone six months, be gone for a year. Um, ah, gosh, if, if that sort of thing existed, probably. But I know we're really reaching on the hypothetical at this point. So I'm, 
I'm I'm not so sure that's a uh uh yeah, I guess. <laughs> if we can be hypothetical. I think if they had it figured out and you could get there in seven months and you they it was as safe as air travel is today. Like, you know, obviously every time you get in a plane, there is a pretty good, you know, not a pretty good chance, but there's a chance that you could die. Um, right. But if they had air, if they had it as, you know, as um, locked down as air travel, it was a seven month trip. You had to stay for a year. You had employment. Um, I'd, I'd maybe be down. So there's it's a two a and a half year thing- commitment though. There's a few things that space travel has that air travel doesn't have. And one is, is if you run out of fuel with an airplane, gravity takes care of the rest. If you run out of fuel in space flight, um, gravity is definitely present, but it's also got the, uh, we got Newton's laws uh, to deal with, which is basically once you're in motion, you're going to be in motion because there's almost no friction out there. Of course, if you run into something that has a gravitational field, you might bend around, there's a very real possibility that you could be lost in space, but it doesn't work out like the 1960s TV show, right? Right. <laughs> well, and I'm also thinking that uh, in my parameters, they'd have you wouldn't be running out of gas on the way there. But the first time, you totally could. Yep. Uh, I'm going to guess the not... first. I'm going to guess the first 15 times they're probably going to run out of gas. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. So, so, Bob, you've been tapped as the NASA lead to colonize either the let's start with the moon. What's your plan? I have to come up with the plan of how we colonize the moon. Actually, you need to do it right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, do I do I have a, a committed number of people I have to get there in a certain amount of time? You have to colonize Earth because or um, the moon because toxic gas is runaway in our planet. We have flooding, climate change, bad stuff happening. We got to get humanity off this rock. We have rock. to get humanity off of this giant rock onto that tiny rock? Yep. There, we've already picked the winners and losers. There's uh, 7 billion that we're all going to perish. So we've already selected a hundred people who are going to preserve the human race. There's no way I get tapped to be on that list, by the way. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Too late. You're already, you're already been picked. I've I've been Uh, tapped to be on the list and I've also been tapped to figure out how it's all going to work. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Um, So what, what what are you going to do to get us to the moon, Bob? The first thing I do is I look at the list of everyone else that's been tapped and uh, reserve the right to re tap people um, based on what I would want to take with them. Um, (laughs) Okay. And then, uh, God, who knows? The, the long-term mission would be to figure out how to get to another rock. Okay. So, so you have to take the talent and the resources to start to begin that next plan to get to the next rock. So like, you're saying we're screwed because in the history of humanity, we've humans have only left low Earth orbit, what is it, uh, a dozen or six times? We've only had 12 people walk on the moon allegedly <laughs> right so <laughs> yes, so allegedly. now so i mean which i'm just kind of going back to well i think we should focus on the moon because the moon is a 3 day trip right now it's a much lower bar than say mars right mars but even so, so if we got put in that situation and we had to get out of dodge and get to the moon 
without being able to plan to take the resources to get to the next planet, like that's a wasted. We're screwed, right? Yeah. Just just drink go some up with beer the rest and of the it, seven, embrace yeah. the suck. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's let's change the scenario, Bob. I need you to get us to Mars. Earth is not going to explode. We're good. What? How do we bootstrap a colony into Mars? Go. We ramp up production on uh, Elon's projects. Um, and then we just slingshot and pray. I mean, at that point, that's all you're doing. I, the, the foundational stuff that you'd have to be able to... I mean, it's like it's not even about... Um, it's not about people at that point. It's not about preservation of the species. It's about can this... Like, what kind of foundational like seeds? What's the point? Are they going to be able to grow? So you have to like, you know, okay, so then we take, do I take our dirt? But then how do you set up a greenhouse? How do you get oxygen? How do you get all these things that we need? So it's like, it's this never ending cascading chain of, well, if we need this, then we're going to need that and that and that and that and that. And then all of a sudden you don't have a bus big enough to take anyone there. What about you, Kevin? Well, th- well yeah. thank you, Shobat. Well, uh, <laughs> I, sorry, my brain was still hurting, and I was going to get to the, like, why are you dicking me with all these hard questions? <laughs> so, all right. So, Bob, could, um, the reason I'm, I'm sticking these questions to you because uh, I sit on, this, on the throne of knowledge. It's located in my bathroom. It's going to make and, me cry. <laughs> and, and I think of these things. So, if, if I were put in charge of getting us to Mars, I would leverage our robotics and our artificial intelligence, and I would pre-send infrastructure to Mars. So right now, before we send humans, send supplies, land your supplies. I would send habitat type things that fit together like Legos. And then when humans finally get there, they already have some resources, right? But and how do you start... know that they're going to work? Well, because you're going to send raw materials. Do we have enough? At first. You're going to send raw materials, but you're going to send raw materials without any idea if they can, that, that they can sustain that environment. Like, do we have enough data at this point? No, we don't. So I'm, I'm saying we, we send oxygen, water, you know, some basic reserves. So because really what you're doing, you're sending the forward scouts, the people who are probably going to die, who, are, who just need to be brave, who are all right with dying and being on the, the $20 bill one day for, for their sacrifice. And how much and, transportation is it going to take to get that core of infrastructure and people like how many buses are you going to have to send too many that and right. that's a problem so because we don't have right the now, production for the for the we, we just don't have the car manufacturing correct I, I don't think we have the infrastructure because we don't have the propulsion systems or and and just leaving earth's atmosphere and gravity is very expensive on resources so that's why I'm really thinking the moon is such a friendlier target than Mars. Mars, yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 beat those darn space race people from the 1960s and 70s, you know, by outdoing them. You know, I'm kind of mocking the president's speech there or tweet. Can't mock JFK. Oh, you're mocking Ah, the orange guy. Yeah, the orange guy. Not not the other guy. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. I I think the moon's much more attainable, and and I think we should start there because you're right. We don't have the infrastructure to get to Mars humbly or safely or in mass. Really, what you need to do, if you're going to take over a planet because we have no manual, you would think you would need to have a plus up of 
the number of resources that you can send, it becomes trivial to transportation becomes trivial. You know, the, the wild West to bring it back there opened up when we did what Bob, what really opened up the West. Great answer, Bob. It's the railroad. (laughs) Damn it. I was going to say wagons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the wagons, yes, but the transcontinental railroad, right? That's, that's really what was the gateway to the West. I just want to say to anyone who's still listening, this whole live quizzy thing that he does to me, that's hard. So sometimes I have to <laughs> think a little bit and then he gets mad when I pause. <laughs> I'll, I'll take, can Kevin shut up for 200, Alex? <laughs> oh, no, I, I love it. But it, I mean, I just want people to know listening, that it's, this is way harder than it looks. <laughs> I, I watch way too many space shows and, and how the universe works on Science Channel. And, and I'm constantly pondering all these things. We we have so much space in this universe and so little resources and we're supposed to be finding life and all these things. And we just haven't really figured out how to go anywhere and we haven't contacted any else, you know, anyone else. And man, um, and to even bring it back to, uh, current issues of planet earth, man, we should probably take care of this planet because we're kind of fucked. Oh, if I we think don't. we're too late for that. I think, <laughs> I think it's probably worthwhile to have some of these fantastical discussions about how we get to the next rock, but I think maybe we stumbled upon something that might be of interest with the moon thing. That could be our practice, but I think it's also the staging area of where things probably need to launch from because it's probably a little bit easier to get off of it. So if we moved manufacturing facilities for propulsion to there, but then what's to say that that place can even handle a bunch of launches? Like what's to say a giant, like like a Falcon Heavy even size launch, what's to say that it doesn't knock it off of its, you know, out of its <laughs> orbit? Yeah, right? So three, two, one. Instead of the rocket going up, the moon drops away from you. It's right, like, oh, exactly. Shit. <laughs> we push the moon away from the earth. Oh, shit. That would be kind of funny. But of course, we'd all die because then we'd have no tides. And funny, sad, and but... Yeah. Uh, that makes for a good little meme or something. Um, all right. So, um, you know, I, I'm just curious. I, I really see the moon as the next frontier. And I have a feeling it's going to be a bit of a land grab once we get the, the railroad, so to speak, built to the moon. That's, that's easier. And I did see an article where there's some four billion year old hunk of metal on the far side of the moon. Uh, it could be from when the moon was formed. You know, one of the theories is a Mars sized planet hit the proto earth and it ended up knocking a chunk off, creating the moon. The rest of it stayed as earth, yada, yada, yada. Cause the moon rocks are very similar to the earth rocks. Yada, yada, yada. It's aliens. So I'm curious, <laughs> of course I'll, I'll have to check with Alex Jones, make sure I'm right. Um, so I'm curious if there's going to be a resource race at some point and is the future of, you know, the future superpowers hinged on the fact that they can get to the moon and nobody else can. You don't even have to defend it because just nobody can get to you. Kind of like America, we've got the oceans, you know, that's, that's a heck of a defensive structure, but the moon's a whole another defensive structure. Oh, hell, we can't even get to it, let alone shoot it out of the sky. What if, I don't know, gosh, because... I mean, once somebody starts going back or once somebody starts going, the race will begin. Yeah, so the the first space race was 
politically motivated, right? We can't let the Russians win. You know, we're, we're America, you know, we're, you know, yada, yada, yada. So there really has to be a motivating factor, right? And I don't know that we've identified one yet. So if Are you China, kidding? Who's I thought we just spent an hour talking about the motivating factor. We're all going to die. <laughs> I, I don't know that it's compelling enough, honestly. I think people are too self-absorbed to care. They're like, well, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You know, yeah, but I'm fine. Whatever the problem with planet Earth is, yeah, but I'm doing okay. Well, there's very few advocates. Cheetolini just needs to create that weird flex. You know, he's got to find something he wants to do just to, and by golly, we're going back to the moon. <laughs> yeah, Cheetolini. Wow. <laughs> um, but he kind of said that, and then pivoted to the to Mars, the Mars and then <laughs> the. Yeah, I'm really confused there. Um, so who knows? Um, humans love to uh, destroy each other and find ways to to hate each other. So I'm not sure if the moon will be a unifying thing or Mars will be a unifying thing or it'll be just the next battleground. I'm not really sure. What do you think? Uh, I think it gets to battleground after the land rush part. I mean, land rush will happen. Then the battle will happen can't really battle over something that no one's going to yet so that's true true but it there's a lot of parallels with colonialism you know the the new world was sparsely inhabited until the, the europeans got here and then it became you know war after war after war american revolution war with mexico uh war of 1812 you know there's all kinds of conflicts then civil war hey let's fight ourselves you know why not yeah so um can you imagine in the future that there's a battle on the moon or there's a battle in orbit between oh, 100%. human. Ah, oh, gosh, I hope I'm dead by then. I mean, it I sounds like cool a really cool movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, what do you, you know, like, you know, back in the civil war, the, the people used to come out and have picnics while the Confederates fought the union army. And tonight on, you know, you know, your local news, instead of having just the weather and the sports, they'll say, hey, and if uh, for the few of you who are lucky enough to have clear skies tonight, you can see China battling the 1st Infantry Division up in space. Maybe know? it would just be <laughs> robot wars. Maybe that becomes maybe that becomes new robot war land. Instead of doing it here on Earth, we just use that for entertainment up there, and it's like battle bots in space. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to do that, why not just have like uh, the digital version of a 12-sided die and just roll. Hey, uh, China, U.S., you didn't agree. Okay, we're going to roll these 12-sided die, and whoever wins, wins. Wouldn't that be great if we could just resolve conflicts that way? Nah, yeah, I don't I'm think pretty sure that's why the Coliseum started, because nobody wanted to just roll dice to solve problems. That's true. Humans humans are very, very primal. Gosh, if, I, if any aliens ever hear the Bob and Kevin show because we have such reach in our broadcast... You might want to stay away. That's all I'm saying. And we come in peace. That's all we want you to know. <laughs> Before we attack you. <laughs> right. All right, uh, Bob. What uh, What did we forget? Uh, Showbot's just going to wrap this shit up. Uh, my brain hurts from space talk. All right, Showbot. Uh, Do your appreciate, thing. appreciate you hanging around, and you have one more task, and that is... Bring the lightning. Bring the lightning.